Welcome to the Sports Innovation Institute podcast, located inside the School of Health and Human Sciences at IUPUI in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Travis Smith, a proud sport management alum, adjunct faculty member, and associate editor of the Sports Innovation Journal here at IUPUI. On this podcast, we look to highlight the innovative practitioners and scholars in sports to learn and design Think the Future of the Industry together. Thanks for listening to the Sports Innovation Institute podcast. So we are here for the Sports Innovation Institute podcast, and we are actually in Bloomington at Indiana University in the Simon Scott Assembly Hall uh, inside the Mark Cuban Center for Sports Media and Technology. So I'm here with two individuals that are heavily involved in this collaborative project, and so I'll just ask you guys quickly introduce yourselves and what, uh, what you kind of contribute to this, uh, this venture. So my name is Andrew Rosner. I am the official title is Assistant Athletic Director for Creative Services. Um, for these purposes, I also am the director of the Mark Cuban Center for Sports Media and Technology. And I'm Galen Clavio. I'm an associate professor at the Media School at Indiana University. I'm also the director of the National Sports Journalism Center. And I'm the liaison between the Media School and the Mark Cuban Center. Great. So thanks for both joining me and having me here uh, to really see this uh, amazing facility. Uh, so, Dr. Clavio, I saw a tweet of yours that said we are in a golden age of student sports media at Indiana University. So what is that golden age look like right now and, um, you know, what that offers students at Indiana? It's really wide ranging. And I think the thing I'm most proud of with this sports media program is all of the different opportunities in all the different types of media. We have a really strong history of sports media opportunities for students at Indiana, and it's just grown exponentially in the last five years. And a lot of that has to do with the formation of the Cuban Center and the availability of technology. So, you know, certainly we have the traditional areas of sports writing and sports broadcasting and sports public relations. Uh, but now we've been able to integrate uh, just a tremendous number of opportunities in, in sports video production, both live games and also uh, highlights and things of that nature. Uh, we've been able to give students opportunities to learn producing, uh, again, both studio shows and live shows. We've got technology here uh, that's allowed our students to uh, you know, learn how to operate 360-degree replay systems, how to operate virtual studios, uh, how to utilize social media in ways that's really pushing the boundaries of how social media gets used within sports. So it's uh, just so many opportunities for our students, and you know, we've seen our students take those opportunities and run with them into professional careers that are already starting to bear a significant amount of fruit. Yeah, and I, I imagine with Mark Cuban uh, being the namesake of this uh, due to his, uh, his gift for the center, that it seemed fitting with a project like this, having him with his early innovative success with Broadcast.com and then selling it to Yahoo really before that got popular, and then the types of technology advancements that the team side of uh, the Dallas Mavericks have as well as for fans. So what was uh, each of your initial reactions as far as from an athletic department what did that that uh, what was your initial reaction of wow what what can we do with this project and this gift and then from an academic side when you're thinking about it what is uh, what was your initial reaction and I don't know if you how you both played into that uh, when you found out if it was uh, if you're a part of that or what kind of uh, your reaction was well, I think there's two kind of interesting stories behind behind that uh, the first off you know they were working on on getting a donation from him uh, for a sports media type um, 
gift and you know he immediately said i'm not interested if you're just going to do the same thing that we've been teaching for the last 10 15 20 30 years so he immediately gave us three areas that he's like if if we're going to do this these are the three things that you need to get into one being virtual reality uh one being the 360 uh, camera technology that you see now when we got it it was called 3d it's now um, been purchased by intel and it's now called intel trueview uh, we're the only school in the country that has that um, installed, and we utilize that for every men's and women's basketball game. Uh, and then the last was the virtual studio um, that we are now starting to get online and starting to use here uh, later this fall. So, you know, he was not interested if, if it was just going to be the same old, same old. Uh, it was going to, he definitely wanted to, to um, push the innovation uh, of what we're doing in the sports media uh, world. Um, so that was obviously very exciting. And then second, um, you know, we we knew the gift was coming in, but we, we couldn't quite announce it yet publicly. Uh, but we also knew that, um, especially when it came to the world of like virtual reality, we, we needed to talk to experts, right? And so we started to plan this trip out to California and we were calling everybody and nobody was calling us back or emailing us back because we were saying, hey, I'm so-and-so with Indiana University, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we'd really love to pick your brain about virtual reality. No, nobody was calling us back. Then we were able to publicly announce that we had the gift from the Mark Cuban Center uh, of Sports Media and Technology. And all of a sudden, <laughs> people started calling us back uh, and emailing us back. And we had a great trip, uh, went out to... Uh, California met with four or five different companies, Disney being one of them, um, and their Imagineering station. Um, and so that I think those are probably the two, when we first announced it, um, interesting stories around that. Yeah, I know academically, the media school was coming together. And for those who aren't aware, we used to have kind of a more fragmented media world down here at IU. We had a school of journalism. We had a department of telecommunications. We had radio TV services, which was kind of off on its own. We had already been doing some things with athletics in partnership, probably the most prominent of those being the Big Ten Student U program, which has kind of gotten folded under the umbrella of the Cuban Center. Uh, but, you know, but what that was really all about was the athletic department and the media school working together to provide uh, hands-on opportunities for students that wanted to work either in broadcasting or in production. So when I heard about this uh, this gift that was given, I was really excited about the possibilities of extending that sort of work. And I, I think when it first got announced, nobody really knew what it was going to consist of. I think you know people were wondering if it was you know going to be like a, like a TV station or is it going to be something like that. And what it's really been is uh, you know, a lot of things on the more technical side, the behind-the-scenes sorts of things. And it's allowed me to communicate to my students early on how many jobs there are in those areas, how important it is to get hands-on experience with the technology in those areas, and to have them, uh, you know, to give them a tangible spot where they can practice those skills. And I think that for a lot of Media schools and journalism schools, that's something that, that we tend to struggle with because those have been a lot of times historically viewed as more uh, practical, professionalized things, things that you wouldn't necessarily have gone to a four-year degree school for maybe 20, 30 years ago. Certainly not when I was in school. That wasn't something that was like readily apparent that, oh, you need to be doing that and focusing that way. But now we're able to give students uh, really excellent hands-on opportunities in school, and I don't know that we would be able to do it nearly to the capacity that we are now without the Cuban Center gift and without what uh, athletics has done with that here in the center. 
Yeah. So what are two or three of the coolest projects in both areas that, that maybe are features that you've been able to do? So uh, in athletics, I mean, recruiting is huge, trying to use technology now to get in front of you know high school recruits uh, and then fan engagement. So are there any, and maybe on the athletic team side with virtual reality, but what are some of the coolest projects that you've been able to see because of the Cuban Center? Well, you know, immediately um, over the last three years, we've been able to increase um, our content output by 300%. So I think that's just a, a great testament to um, our partnership with the media school and providing us with um, talented students that can come in and make an impact right away. And so we are able to help um, serve our student, or our, I'm sorry, our, our programs uh, content right away. And that obviously is going to help in, in recruiting. Um, the other one that really stands out is our partnership with then FreeD, now Intel. So when we were installing the program uh, or the, the cameras in the system, um, they, the company came to us, FreeD, at the time and said, hey, you know, we're, at, we're actually growing way faster than what we can serve our, our customers. We need more operators um, and we need them now. Um, and this was probably about December-ish. And so they came to us and was like, look, you guys are, you know, educational institute. You have students who are going to be graduating in May. What if we set up an intensive training program um, where the students will come in? I think it was maybe six to ten weeks was, of, yeah. of intensive training that they put um, students through. And this was all extracurricular. So this was nothing um, that they were doing through their classes. This was all in addition to their classes and, and other um, requirements. And so there were 10 students. They all went through this uh, training program with FreeD. And in May, I think nine of the 10 uh, uh, graduated and were hired full time and uh, were flown all over the country to use this piece of sports technology that um, very few people in the world knew how to operate. Um, and so I think that it was just an immediate um, example of the the gift's purpose um, and, and impact that we're able to have um, on students uh, here at IU. And I know for me, certainly, I, I think the first things that, have, that really stuck out to me were the flexibility that it provided us with our live game broadcasts. You know, that's really been a kind of a cream of the crop thing for us here at Indiana in terms of you know, we develop our broadcasters, we develop our production people, and we're able to put them in this environment now supported by the Cuban Center where uh, they can go out and do a professional quality broadcast of, I think we did over 120 events last year. You know, that's everything from men's and women's soccer to baseball and softball. We, we're, I think this year we're going to do like three or four men's basketball events. Uh, I mean, that's that's largely due, I think, to to the, the center itself and the, the superstructure and organizational structure that is allowed to foster under that. Uh, you know, the other thing I think is, uh, you know, the ability of our students to develop editing skills and, uh, you know, to creative skills when it comes to putting together videos, to tying uh, the, you know, kind of more complicated technical aspects of things into the stuff that they're producing because you know it's it's not the 1980s anymore and that you know the media that you're producing is not all being aimed at a public audience it's being aimed at recruits as you mentioned earlier it's being aimed at at potential donors or it's being aimed at other stakeholders that aren't necessarily a public audience and it's important for our, our 
you know, our students to understand how all that process works, how to put things together for different publics. And this is a great playground for them to learn that stuff in a practical manner. What was the 360 camera um, view? So I think I saw on a broadcast once that they showed yeah. a 360. So is that part of uh, the technology that's yeah. been allowed that's, here? That's the Intel TrueView, which okay. used to be FreeD. And it's funny, Andrew mentioned the students doing that. I mean, we, we've still got students. I have, a, I have a, a couple of students of mine who they fly to Spain for six weeks straight, and they are running – the free like the true view uh, setup at, at La Liga stadiums, you know. So they're going to the Bernabeu or they're going to the Neo Camp, and they're running it. Like they're the ones that know how to do it. And uh, you know, so it's cool that we've still got this. We've got this cadre of IU media students who learned that technology in a relatively short period of time, got employed, and now they are the experts. Hey, listeners, a quick message, and then we'll get right back to the interview. I wanted to quickly tell you that the Sports Innovation Journal is now accepting submissions. If you have or are looking for a place to publish your innovative thoughts and studies on the sports industry, then please consider the Sports Innovation Journal. We are an open access journal and our target audience is the practitioner looking for answers to the questions and problems in their job. And we want to attract and publish researchers that are identifying and studying those questions and problems. If you are interested in learning more about the journal and wanting to submit or sign up to be a reviewer, then visit the link in the episode notes or email Dr. David Pierce, the editor and director of the Sports Innovation Institute at dpierce3 at iupui.edu, dpierce3 at iupui.edu. Now let's get back to the interview. The virtual reality um, I read about, and we talked about this, about uh, teams starting to use it. So what have, um, uh, and then students creating games out of it. What's the virtual reality been like? Because from what I've always read is that the technology isn't quite there yet for the consumer, but it seems like IU might be able to, you know, when that technology, as it continues to grow, that you all might be able to take advantage of that. So how has that helped teams? And then how has that helped students be able to actually create them? Well, there's been quite the the evolution of how we've used uh, virtual reality here in the center. Um, Our first um, foray into that was creating uh, essentially 360 VR um, practice tapes at football game, or I'm sorry, at football practices. So we'd put the 360 camera right next to where the quarterback stood uh, during practice, and then afterwards uh, would edit that film and would then be able to give that, that practice film to the team, and they could... Uh, review practice film just like they normally do with a normal camera, but now they could do it in a much more immersive um, fashion that would is going to help with the retention of, of warning. And we, we kind of developed a, a flashcard kind of system where uh, the coach could be there with the student athlete and pause the play uh, right before maybe that decision um, point happened in the play where the quarterback has to decide, okay, am I going to throw it right? Am I going to throw it left? Which receiver am I going to throw it to? Am I going to scramble? What have you? Um, we could pause that play. Um, the coach could quiz them. And then they could then show the play and reinforce whether they were right or wrong uh, based on on the decision that they made. Um, so it's pretty much taking the playbook and putting it visual in, like their decision making from reading the playbook. They're now seeing that with the with the virtual reality. Exactly. Yeah, and much more immersive. Uh, and you're actually seeing, you know, out in the general population, places like Walmart are using now VR in training, and so all their associates are doing training in VR, and it's just it helps with that learning uh, retention. 
Um, so we, we started there. Uh, then we started developing um, fan experience videos. Um, this was at the time that Facebook and YouTube was just starting to allow for 360 videos. Um, so that was very popular and, and we saw a very high engagement there. Uh, about that same time, we were the first school to ever uh, do a broadcast of an event in VR. And so we did our Hoosier Hysteria event. Uh, we broadcasted that in VR. And that one was great. We were the first ever to do it. We have taken a step back on the live broadcast um, uh, of VR for a number of reasons. First and foremost, yes, the end user technology needs to catch up. Um, you know, you, ha- you pretty much have to be on Wi-Fi. Uh, to, to watch anything like that. Um, now, once we get into 5G, that's going to change things dramatically. Um, also, just the, the phones. But uh, by doing that, you actually learn that, and then you can adjust exactly. from there, and the school and the students can actually learn from the fact that that technology isn't quite there yet. So exactly. you can tweak it, I imagine. Yes. Uh, so that'll set us up for once the end-user technology has caught up and we're able to have more people experience that. Are, are, are other athletic departments and media and sports media schools doing this type of stuff yet? or The live broadcast of VR? Yeah, and I this type of stuff that you're it. trying I with? There's it. been a couple of, uh, I mean, this has been something that's been pushed a lot of times on the professional level. Mm-hmm. And we've seen, like, Big Ten Network has done, they did one in Minnesota a couple of years ago. They've done a couple of others. But it's mostly been a professional sport thing. NBA does it, every, I think they have once a week on their league pass Mm -hmm. system they have a vr enabled game but it hasn't quite taken off i think the way that we thought it might in 2015 right and the other issue not all in addition to the the technology factor was just the broadcast rights issue and you know for say football game we don't own those broadcast rights so we can't broadcast that game in, in vr um, so just the number of opportunities to broadcast is very low from the school's perspective. So you're going to see that more often from the multimedia rights holder, uh, whether that's Big Ten Network or ESPN or the conference um, or the NBA, NFL. Um, yes, I think you'll start seeing that more and more. Um, then lastly, what we got into uh, from VR um, is we had a student come to us. And she was in a virtual reality uh, game design uh, class through the media school. And she said, hey, I'd really like to make a basketball game um, as my project for this class. And I said, absolutely, go for it. And so she did it and it it turned out really great. Um, And from there, we actually reached out to the media school and said, hey, why don't we actually, instead of have one student do this, why don't we hire... um, you know, four or five interns. And so we created a little VR game design internship program, um, partnered with the media school. And and now they've developed a a football game, a soccer game, a baseball game. Um, And their latest one was like a zombie uh, robot game where they're protecting the hoops in assembly hall and have to use, you know, uh, thunder sticks to battle uh, uh, the enemy and, and t-shirt guns and, and things like that. So uh, kind of a fun uh, um, uh, twist on I'd say that's on hands-on experience. It is, do all absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so the basketball one, is it just like you're, you're kind of feel like you're shooting inside 
assembly hall or yes the governor came down and test drove it right yeah, well we went up to the state house oh, yeah, yeah 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 so we were asked to go up to the state house and uh um, show off this this new technology and this project that uh cat had uh, developed for us um at the state house for the state legislature Did the governor make the shot uh i can't remember it's been so it's been so <laughs> shooting long. percentage yeah um so those uh the students that are doing this uh galen is it mm-hmm. Are you all seeing in the media school students uh, that are either being recruited to IU or already coming to IU? Are you starting to see people pick up when they get here that, oh, I have these opportunities uh, to get it to actually get my hands on this technology? The number of students that come in, just having heard the name Cuban Center, is very high. And, you know, it's always an interesting thing because they've heard the name, but they don't always know what it entails. And so a lot of my job is educating them on the various opportunities. And I have an email list with all the students that are interested in sports media here on campus that I distribute information about opportunities here and elsewhere. And that's one of the first things that, that I end up doing every year. And, you know, what will end up happening is they'll send me some, you know, like, we're doing internships in videography or, or this or that. And I'll distribute those out to students and then we'll talk about them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, certainly it's become a, a key part of what we do overall as a sports media program is, you know, we're going to have students that they'll come here already interested in those things. For a lot of students, they don't come out of high school with a great knowledge of the behind-the-scenes jobs within the media industry, period. They see the on-camera. They see the on-camera. You know, maybe they did the announcements in, in high school. I mean, it's great in Indianapolis because there's several schools that have developed uh, very nice uh, you know, television stations and things like that. But l- most of our students don't come from a high school that's got that. And so a lot of it's educational early on. We bring them in. We talk to them about the opportunities. We connect them with students that have already worked here and elsewhere and let them explain things in, you know, in a, a kind of a, a student-to-student perspective. And then the ones that are still interested, we get them involved from there. That's amazing. Uh, it seems just like a, a fantastic collaboration of between an academic department and an athletic department that you don't often see happen enough probably so to wrap it up i mean what's the future look like for each of your areas in the center is there is there is there are you just waiting on um to see where it takes you or with the technology changing or what have you not accomplished yet that you're hoping that the partnership with the with the cuban center can get you to well, I mean, I, I joke with everyone um, that nobody's asking us for less video or less graphics or, or less photos. So, um, you know, I think the future is just creating more. You know, we're, we're in kind of that content is king mode right now. And so that's what uh, we probably need the most help with right now is just keeping up with that demand um, because it is a very high demand right now of just needing content creators. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's the immediate future um you know instagram just opened up their ar i think it's called spark uh application um to everyone it was uh in beta not too long ago and we had dabbled in some ar stuff um in fact we made a a little basketball game that you could play on your phone and put the assembly hall court uh baskets um anywhere uh where you are uh where you happen to be um but i I'd, i'd love to play around a little bit more with the with the ar stuff um, and how we can engage fans um, a little bit, you know, better uh, using augmented reality. And I think for us, it's trying to get students engaged earlier and earlier in their college careers in 
learning how to do things like edit video, edit photos, uh, understand how to use a virtual studio. Uh, the the uh, when I was in school, you were lucky if you were getting practical experience by the time you were you know a junior. Maybe you maybe you got involved really early and you were a sophomore. And you know now we you really need four years of developmental experience as a student to be competitive for the types of jobs that you want to get coming out of college. And so you know for me the challenge is leveraging the resources that the Cuban Center provides our students by getting our students into the ecosystem as early as possible, letting them know what they need to learn in order to be competitive for the internships that most juniors and seniors end up getting here, and kind of stair-stepping their experiential opportunities along the way. And so it's, it's a challenge. It's a work in progress. And it's also, it's complicated because you know, I'll have students come in and they're kind of dead set on, I want to be a writer, I want to be a broadcaster. And it's like, you're going to need to learn more than just that. And uh, so trying to integrate multiple types of media into their thinking early on, this is a great place to do it because this is a place, the name and the facilities and everything like that really inspires a sense of wonderment and excitement in students. And so we try to use that to get them moving in the direction they need to. And for those interested that are listening to this that want to learn more about the Cuban Center, it uh, actually has a pretty good following on Twitter as its own. So what's the Twitter handle for the Cuban Center, or do you guys know it? It's probably uh, Cuban Center. Off the top of my head, you know, that's kind of embarrassing. I'm going to have to look that up. Um, I shouldn't have set you I, up like that. I think it's just at Cuban Center. Um, yeah, at yep, Cuban, Cuban Center. Center. Yeah, yeah. Um, with two thousand followers, just uh, uh, and there, I think they can see some of the content that you all, your students, are producing. Well, it's funny. We actually get a lot of direct messages on Twitter, thinking that we have something to do with the country Cuba, um, and so <laughs> we do not. Um, <laughs> clear that up for any that, of your listeners. Yeah, surely they have that blue check mark. Uh, you would well, you would Cuba. you would think, um, and you know, but yeah, we cannot solve any of those uh, diplomatic issues. Um, that, that's outside of our realm. Yeah. Well, I appreciate both of you being with me. I think uh, I, the more students coming out of this, I think there's a lot of uh, good content that uh, maybe they could offer on the Sports Innovation Institute's journal. And so we'll, we'll have, to, have to make that plug in there uh, with the IU uh, Open Network. And so uh, I just appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, tell me a little bit about the Cuban Center. Thanks, Travis. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sports Innovation Institute podcast. Be sure to follow the Institute on Twitter at IUPUI underscore SII and let us know what you thought of this episode. If you know of an innovative business program or researcher that you think we should have on the podcast, please email me, Travis Smith, at tds at iu.edu. And please consider the Sports Innovation Journal if you are looking to publish your new and creative ideas to move the sports industry forward together.